position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 210 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Friday, the 2nd of November, 2018, at 16.59 p.m. Pacific Coast Time. That would make it for our sequel, friends, uh, 2018-11-02-16.59 p.m. Pacific Coast Time. Left coast, coast for the most. Uh, Crack Engineer, Ivor Molina, over there in the booth. Hi, Ivor. Holding up the whiskey sign. There, good. Let's have some whiskey. Oh boy, let's have some whiskey. Ah, mm. I remember that was an excellent idea, but I have one that's better. Mm. You're fired, Ivor. Okay, so let's get straight to our top stories. We have a lot of shit to cover. First off, hope everyone enjoyed. Our four-year anniversary episode uh, last week. Uh, that was an insane amount of work. Uh, but still, the beat goes on. So here we are at episode number 200, 210. Um, second in our top stories, 
I am at the end of Cuphead. I am fighting... Well, I won't tell you who I'm fighting, but I'm fighting the last boss. And this last boss is so fucking hard. But there's a good thing about this because I've gotten so good at Cuphead that I can get... I can beat every single boss. I can beat the whole game up until the final boss in about three hours, which is a lot of fun. Um, trying to speedrun Cuphead is a lot of fun. Although it's not technically speedrunning it, it's just playing the game again, but knowing everything that I know now. So, I I mean, I really like Cuphead. Cuphead is a fantastic game. It's a special game. Uh, I'm just mentioning that because you know, like, grrr. Let's see, how, how many hours have I spent in Cuphead? Jesus. 39 hours. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. Um, and, and like I said in, in our review of Cuphead, the great thing about Cuphead is that in spite of the difficulty, you're having too much fun to notice that you're just suck, fail, dying constantly. Um, it's great. It's really cool, and it's very satisfying. Even when you beat um, a boss that you've beaten like dozens of times, it's still satisfying every fucking time. The harder the boss, the more satisfying it is. Uh, especially that fucking dragon. Erasmus be dragon. Oh, but a bum ching. Um, also, in our top stories, we finally got around to playing Shadow Warrior 2. A review will be forthcoming. But oh my god, is it awesome. Unfortunately, this ties into our next news item for our top stories. The uh, Steam Halloween sale. We missed it! Um, which is kind of lucky because it was like only a 24-hour sale and it kind of sucked. However, the bad news about that is that we did get Shadow Warrior at $19.99 instead of whatever it is at now. Once again, I've Warrior fired for not getting me that pertinent information before we went to air. I think it is something... Let's look it up. Excuse me. Mm. Internet, don't fail me now. Yeah, it's 40 bucks. It's $39.99. So that kind of sucks for you, but we'll talk more about that next week when we review it. So that's Shadow Warrior 2. If you like this the franchise... I heartily recommend you check out the system specs and then pick it up. Uh, you know, if you, if you can stomach the $39.99 price tag because this game is better than the first one in almost every way. And I never beat the first one, by the way. I never did beat the first Shadow Warrior, the reboot of the franchise. Um, and then finally, in our top stories, this week, if I'm feeling frisky, I cannot promise you anything. I will be posting to the column bestlinuxgames.com the column the column this week will be the other half of last month's or last week's uh, for your anniversary episode rant which I don't think was a rant because it was pretty, it was structured pretty logically um, and I wrote it all out, which I never do it was more of a speech than a rant so a ranty speech, a diatribe if you will a tirade, a diatribe, a camelopod, a pantomime. I was feeling better already. Um, but this portion, if I get to it, 
because it's another fucking five thousand words. Um, and because I'll be posting it to, if I po- if I end up posting it to the column, I'll have to edit it all into something that makes sense. Um, it's all about de novo, de novo, whatever the fuck, and how it interrelates with proton and how it doesn't interrelate with proton and how people are conflating those two things together, which was the original entire point of that essay, that speech, that tirade, that diatribe, this earth, this universe, this England. What a piece of work is man, how noble in reason, how infinite in faculties. For moving how express and admirable, and apprehension how like a god. The beauty of the world, the paragon of animals. I have of late, but wherefore I know not lost all my mirth. This goodly frame, the earth, look you, this brave or hanging firmament, majestical roof fretted with golden fire why it appears no other thing to me than a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors thank you sir richard burton ladies and gentlemen give it up for richard burton yay richard burton um we'll see if that ends up happening so we have a very other than that our final bit of news is for the first time in a long time we have a format a stick to format formatted show. We, we're sticking to the format. More whiskey. Yeah, that's a good call, Ivor. Mm. Gamera. Gamera. I know it sounds a bit bizarre, but with Gamera, that's how conditions are. I wonder what the king is thinking tonight. I wonder if the king will get Stinking tonight. Uh, the candles at the court have never been this way. If ever, I would leave you. So, based on what the new and noteworthy Ivar, because we have a totally, we have. Oh, but oh, sorry, I almost forgot. Don't base them with that. Through the magic of radio time travel, we have actually managed to prevent the future from happening. Uh, there. Um, our feature this week is, of course, a review of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. A game that, and our review is dedicated to a good friend of the show, NZNB, who I hope will be listening. Um, but yeah, other than that, we have a we have a new and noteworthy section. None of the games are actually new, but they're new to me, and they are noteworthy, and they're noteworthy to you. I hope. Um, and then we have a feature, and then we have a deal section again for the first time in a long time. So, based on the way that I've worked. I was a North American fall when in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Yes, it's the Libyans. It's the Libyans. Something's never changed. 210 episodes in and beyond. Um, first off, in our new and noteworthy is that No Man's Sky, a much beloved uh, game of this podcast, um... No Man's Sky dropped this week, this past week, uh, a free, uh, it's not even a DLC, because it's just, if you play No Man's Sky, you got it, and it's in there. Um, update, I guess, that's probably, that's the word that we used to use, um, that offers a lot of new content called The Abyss. And what The Abyss does, and if you have No Man's Sky um, already, 
it's it, next time you load it up, it should be in there. Load up your save game. Go to your uh, your log, you know where your quests are, and then scroll all the way down to the bottom. And it, it, there's a there should be a new quest down there called uh, Dreams of the Deep. And Dreams of the Deep is what the Abyss update is all about. Uh, it's all about the oceans, which used to suck in No Man's Sky. I said that with a pause hesitation prevarication or, or uh, qualification prevarication, you know, blah, 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 all sorts of Asians. Um, the oceans used to suck. Now they are fucking rad. Um, if you can find them. If you can find them. Uh, it also introduces a new exocraft, the Nautilon, which is a uh, submarine. Introduces entire new base building um, modules for underwater base building. A uh, whole n- bunch of new items. And underwater really looks fan fucking tastic. It's also a little creepy as it is filled with abyssal horrors. The further, the deeper you go, evidently, the more frequently they show up. It is a big deal to get everything ready to really start exploring. It's just like everything else in No Man's Sky. It has a long progress tree. It probably took me six hours ish. Um, because basically underwater has a different uh item economy, quote unquote. Like there like the Nautilon requires uh certain underwater resources for you have to gather certain underwater resources to upgrade the Nautilon. But the other thing that this update introduces is a new um exocraft merchant in uh space stations where you can buy Exocraft upgrade modules for a variety of Exocraft, including the Nautilon. And once you get... The, the Nautilon is not impressive until you get it pretty well upgraded. Like, I've got mine pretty... pretty up there. It is fun. Then it becomes fun to cruise around in your Nautilon underwater and explore all this shit. Um, I've had bad luck finding another planet, though, other than the, pl- the quest planet that it takes you to. Um... So I built a base there and a teleporter and stuff so I can easily return to it because it does put a strain on your inventory because you do need a lot of different other stuff that doesn't stack well. That's ocean stuff like um, living pearls and shit. They only stack in stacks of five and they you know, it's 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 kind of a pain in the ass but it's well worth it and uh, exploring outside of the Nautilon sucks major ass so even with like the upgrade and I don't like the upgrade the exosuit upgrade um, for underwater it's kind of bullshit unless you remember to buy a bunch of uh, those oxygen capsules because then you can keep recharging it but otherwise it's just best to stay and you're not alone and then jump out and grab whatever it is that you need etc so yeah we'll talk more about that in later weeks, I guess. Uh, my our friend of the show, Boldy Lockers, is uh playing it uh kind of with me. He uh I seduced him to the dark side of um No Man's Sky. It is a fantastic game and it's even better now with uh the the Abyss update, which is the second major update following the next update, which is the update that everyone who hated the game for two years clamored for, 
but which is the only experience that I've known the next you know, the next update of No Man's Sky. So this is my first real update to it, and I'm impressed. These guys are doing a really good job, and it is amazeballs. Like, at this point, 280 hours into the game, um, you know, the game never ends. I mean, more or less. I mean, it's an infinite procedurally generated universe of solar systems and planets and stuff. I've seen more new planets over the last uh, 10 days of playing No Man's Sky. This has nothing to do with uh, the Abyss update, but um, than I have in a long time, and some of them have been just breathtakingly beautiful. I mean, the game just never gets old. I mean, it never gets old. The game never gets old. It takes a while to get into, but if, if it gets its hooks into you, it never gets old. So, it there you go. So that's No Man's Sky and the Abyss. Okay. Also, in our new and noteworthy, a game that I played on, I want to say the Xbox 360, uh, runs fantastically via Proton. It is called Vanquish. Vanquish is uh, $19.99. It's not on sale. And it's an older game, but it is a really cool game. I haven't been able to play it as much as I would like because it does require the use of a controller more or less, and my hands are really fucked up right now. Um, so I'm trying not... I, there's like a gradation of um, how demanding a game is on my hands. You know what I mean? Like, And uh, Vanquish, you have to be like fucking white-knuckled the whole time and it makes... It, it, it really fucks up my hands very badly. Um, I'm gonna wait, you know, another couple of weeks because uh, my hands are getting better uh, from the steroids. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna wait another like week to two weeks, you know, block. Cause, like Cuphead, it's not white knuckled for me. Like I can play Cuphead in a kind of a relaxed way. Some games are like that. Some games are not like that. Uh, Vanquish is one of those games that's not like that. For those of you who may not remember, Vanquish is a third person. Um, action game. It's a shooter, but with heavy strategic and tactical elements because you have this mechanized suit um, and you're fighting with a squad to repel the invasion of a Soviet uh, suborbital force that has some sort of microwave beam that fries San Francisco, basically, and then holds the world at ransom. And you are the last surviving squad that can get into their Death Star um, style battle station and your jump your your suit has these jump jets that can propel you along the floor. You can't jump in the game at all but they can propel you along the floor and it is a fascinating game and it's a lot of fun and it's 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 challenging um, and the, the cinema is fantastic but um the sheer variety of ways you can approach every problem, generally speaking, some some are fairly static, some are like only one way, or you'll die, and everyone will die, um, are very interesting. And yeah, like the only way it could be better is if it had Michael Ironsides uh, actually cast as the voice of the uh, Starship Troopers uh, commander guy. You want to live forever? He actually says that in the game, which is cool. Um... But yeah, if you're looking for uh, a lot of blast em up Vanquish is out there, and if you never got to play it before, 
now might be a good time to check it out. And if you don't like it, just return it. But it does run very well under Proton. Um, then, finally, in our new and noteworthy, Mutant Football League. Oh my god! Okay, so I hate any sport that doesn't start with base and end with ball. I watch football, and I marvel at it. Concussion ball is what we used to call it. Um, because it seemed like the mentally disabled um, abnormally steroid-fed giants uh, exfiltrated from prison systems all over the world uh, were forced to battle each other until enough concussions had occurred in a spectacle to keep them occupied which was a sad spectacle because they didn't have bases and they didn't have balls so I, I, we, we wanted to mount a fund a, a long time ago to help get the feet ballers, because I'm the number one super feet balls fan, as if, um, to get them bases and balls and, you know, treat them with some human dignity instead of just the concussion bowl that they have. But that having been said, Mutant Football League, of which I played 40 minutes. When I first booted it up, it didn't show any of the character models. And so I was very disappointed. Mutant Football League is like football with extra violence and insane demonic spells. You can summon demons. You can blow people's heads off with, you know, sawed-off shotguns. Um, shotgun pass. Shotgun formation really is a shotgun formation. Um, and it has one of the best tutorials about American football that I've ever seen. It's amazing. Even though Mutant Football League introduces its own tweaks to the rules um, it has a hilarious announcer great sense of humor um, and a dynasty mode which introduces management content into it and Mutant Football League is $19.99 there's also a free demo available it runs pretty well under Proton um, because the first time I loaded it up it, it didn't show any of the actual character models but then um, three or four days later I loaded up again and it showed all the character models and I played through all the tutorials and they're really good tutorials um, they introduce you to like both the rules of American football as well as um, the ways in which they've tweaked those rules so yeah, so those are our new and noteworthies uh, we had No Man's Sky, The Abyss which is just No Man's Sky um, Vanquish and Mutant Football League, which is a lot of fun. I And I can't wait to play it more. I like to play it on the weekends. Um, so I'll probably be playing it tomorrow if I'm not already... If I, if I am done with Shadow Warrior 2 by tomorrow, I'll be playing Mutant League Football. So, that brings us to our feature. Oh my god. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! So, our feature this week, as, pre- as mentioned in our introduction, is a full review of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Lara Croft's third entry into uh, post the reboot from 2013, which was released for Linux uh, in 2015. Um, it is the, the follow-up sequel to uh, obviously the last game in the series, which was Rise of the Tomb Raider. 
And that was the one with the great endurance mode. Now, to give you a sense of perspective about this franchise, uh, in terms of the reboots, I'm not going to rehash my history with ancient Tomb Raider history. No need to delve that far back. Um, Tomb Raider 2013, the reboot, was fantastic because it was not just an origin of uh, a hero, it was a magnificently innovative game. It was very pretty, too. Uh, with great play mechanics, a lot of replayability, just because you kept wanting to play it over and over again and relive the experience. Like, when you first saw Die Hard when you were a little kid, if you were even born when Die Hard first came out, um, that or like Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you're even older, um, I'm an old motherfucker. But there wasn't that much... Once you got fucking perfectly good at the game, you could fucking beat... I beat the game many, many times. I mean, many, many, many times. Including um, an early attempt at live... Not live streaming, but at recording all of it and uploading it to YouTube, which was a very difficult process. And we got very far, but we didn't finish the whole game on YouTube. Now that we have Twitch, we could do that, you know, easily. The sequel to Rise of the Tomb Raider places you in Siberia uh, with ancient Soviet technology. I can't even remember the fucking plot of this game all of a sudden. Wow. I think that's because I only beat the game, the, the campaign mode, once or twice for the sequel because I spent all of my time in endurance mode. Endurance mode was great. Endurance mode was a procedurally generated uh, gigantic map in which you had, in which you combine survival aspects um, along with combat elements, along with uh, tomb raiding in a freeform world and you could evacuate at any time if you found one of the uh, fires and you had enough fuel to light it my record was 28 days which no one has touched at least in my friends list um, and you had to play it in one sitting it was brutal oh yeah I remember the plot to uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider Rise of the Tomb Raider was the one where uh you are chasing the people who you believe may have killed your father. Uh, I can't remember his name. Lord Croft. It was a good, it was a really, really good game. Especially just for endurance mode, which added on top of all of the story and everything that it developed, um, and all the cool puzzles and things that you got to fight through and all the bad guys you got to kill. Um, it had a really neat story. It wasn't very, very neat, but it was a pretty cool story. It was enough for a Tomb Raider. Um, but it was really endurance mode that made that game, let's see, let's be Rise of the Tomb Raider. I played 258 hours of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Almost all of it beyond the initial 40 in endurance mode. So, history was made with 
the release of Shadow of the Tomb Raider last month, which technically you could play as a Linux user via Proton on the day of release, which is the first AAA title that was released across all platforms that, you know, for which it was available, you know, Masa Menos, um, including Linux on day one. Street date for us, same as street date for Windows. Now, there are some technical challenges to getting uh, under Proton, to getting, before we get into the game itself, Shadow of the Tomb Raider to work, we have posted the, uh, the a link to the Steam discussion thread that actually has the settings that we used, most of them, because we bumped up the the shadows uh, a little bit more than they than they have. But you do need to set your proton to three point one six to get it to really work, and then also follow the instructions in that link because they're they're not complicated; they're in game settings, but the game will not be performant for you without them. Um, at least the last time I checked, and I'm not going to fuck with them to check if they've updated the game or if it's just the settings that are still carrying us through. The game is highly performant. I would say, I mean, it's great. It's almost indistinguishable. I run it on a 1080 Ti, granted. So that's a lot of horsepower. It does require a lot of horsepower. Um, even if you were running it natively in Windows, it would require a lot of graphics horsepower. Um, and the game is 60 bucks. It's $59.99. So, Shadow of the Tomb Raider almost doesn't pick off, pick up at all where we last left off. Although Jonah Mayere, um, or Mayere, I can't remember what his last fucking name is, but Jonah is back again. And uh, we crash land. This time the game is set in, uh, well, it's set in Mexico, Peru, Mexico and Peru mainly. Um, so you're in these glorious, glorious jungle environments that are like truly impressive. I mean, fantastically impressive. Another big thing that they introduce in Shadow of the Tomb Raider is a lot of underwater exploration. Um, not not so much that it's like overbearing, but you spend a lot you spend more time underwater in this game than you have in the previous two games combined. Um, in fact, yeah, that's true. Um, the graphics are absolutely beyond exceptional. The lighting effects, the te- the the next generation texture, well, material design, etc., is fantastic. The um Dia de los Muertos uh, section of the game that is at the beginning is really impressive. Um, the amount of time and attention spent rigging the characters impressive. The most impressive thing in this game, though, and I, I'm you know I'm not getting emotional about this, so don't mistake. Because normally when I take a long pause like that and I'm talking about Tomb Raider, it means I'm going to get emotional. No. No emotions about this game. Because this game only has the main campaign. There is no endurance mode for this game. In fact, there is no game really beyond the base 35 to maybe 40 hours of the game. Unless you want to play it again under New Game Plus. 
But the best thing in, in this game, by the way, I have to say right now, before we go any further, that Shadow of the Tomb Raider has now supplanted Mad Max as being the hallmark, as being the high watermark for my definition of just just unadulterated visual graphical beauty inside of actual gameplay sequences of any game that I've ever played. Mad Max has held on for a long time at that number one position, but that you will you will see things in this game that will just drop your fucking jaw. And you'll do things in this game that are fun and exciting and lots of swashbuckling action. The puzzles are not too hard. They're very logical. Very logical, not illogical. Um, they're very well designed. The The action set pieces are on par with what you experienced in the 2013 Tomb Raider. For those of you, don't worry, this is spoiler free. I'm not going to spoil any of either any of these games. But in the 2013 Tomb Raider reboot, there were sequences such as like the massive plane crash sequence um, where you're you're running down a hill versus a plane that's crashing behind you. Um, there, there were there was the massive upside down sideways air mounted uh, ship combat sequence, which was just insane, um, and one of the most amazing adventure set pieces I've ever seen in my entire life ever for any game ever in the history of video gaming, especially in terms of the history of adventure video gaming those types of massive set pieces were notably absent from uh, the sequel uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider they are back in Shadow of the Tomb Raider and they are very impressive, but there's something about Shadow of the Tomb Raider that is both really excellent and kind of kind of hollow feeling. What am I trying to say here? While it expands in a lot of ways on all of the aspects of the previous two games that made them really excellent, it is more like the 2013 heavily scripted Tomb Raider, it's more like a hybrid between the first and second games. Because the second game had you in basically an open sandbox style stylish style kind of environment. Like it was jump boots and locked doors kind of thing. They moved away from that and made it almost like more rediscoverable, more re-explorable. Like there are once you have all your abilities and stuff, um, playing it again on the new game plus where you get to keep all of your skills and stuff and start a new game um, is really enjoyable, but it's not so enjoyable the first run through because there are places that you can't go and there are confusing places. There are places that you can't find and there are also places that like really will get you killed um, if you're trying to go there and you're not really careful and you haven't like read a game fact, which kind of sucks. The puzzles though are more complex but still within even my I hate puzzles, I hate puzzle games, and I hate puzzles inside of games, uh, but even my you know diminished mind uh, while stoned can still handle most of the puzzles in uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. <sighs> 
So that's good. The gameplay is basically the same. It introduces a few new tweaks, like being able to uh, rappel down um, from a rope uh, from any place where you can dig in an ice axe, which is cool. You can also rope run along walls, and you can drop from ropes. You can also swing from ropes. Ropes are not a huge... Everything is, like, kind of applied in strict moderation to give you, like, a perfect 40 hour almost a, it's not a perfect 40 hours it's a very deeply unbalanced 40 hours because there are sequences later on in the game once you have all these weapons and stuff they'll take all your weapons away and then force you to do stealth stuff like way late in the game that's really hard and that has not been a persistent mechanic throughout any other portion of the game previously some I'm I'm among the sum who would say that this provides uh, what do you call it a variety of action stuff because like if you could just go and kill everybody it wouldn't be that fun um, at that point we're talking like you know twenty later 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 in the game is when this becomes like a real issue uh, and then be, get mastering the stealth stuff becomes really fun too but it might not necessarily be what you want to do and it's kind of the only way to get through certain sequences major sequences of the game now the environments and the story are much better than in the the previous game uh, I don't find them as quite as immersive as they were in the first game which is ironic because this is such a cultural immersion game like and all the details are amazing of the cultural shit. Like, from using what I can only describe as, if not entirely authentic, then authentic sounding and seeming weird uh, dialects and introducing you to all sorts of bizarre uh, members of the pantheon of uh, Maya, Incan, Aztec gods. Um some of which are really hilarious uh, all with great voice acting um, sometimes Jonah jumps in like a fucking lead weight on um, on the actual script and has some terrible clunkers of lines but generally speaking it is a very very believable game um, very much in line with everything else that you come to expect but this imbalance of and there are also some confusing areas like areas where like I had to actually go like I almost gave up on the game because I couldn't figure out how to get out of a challenge tomb after completing it that's a problem that should not be that should not exist again I will restate that this game is unparalleled it is my new high watermark for absolute pure abject visual beauty in a video game never played a prettier video game Oblivion can suck my ass uh, Mad Max sorry Max you can't hold a candle to this because it is glorious and the water effects are astonishing the absolute best thing about the game though are the major set pieces um, one of which happens early on and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it involves the entire destruction of a city that you're in, a village that you're in. It's like 20 minutes into the game. 
And it is astonishing. It is breathtaking, and it is absolute pure high adventure. It's also challenging. The game is slightly more challenging than uh, the previous ones, especially if you play it on a graduate difficulty, especially once you play it on a new game plus. Um, the cinema sequences are fantastic, but the best thing in the entire game, the game is great, but the best thing in the entire game is it's, it's a new standard for me in terms of facial masking. I don't know if they did this with um, mocap. I don't know how they did this. But the CGI for the faces is the most expressive, most well-acted overall. There's some moments that are clunkers, but the ones that work will move you to tears. I mean, it is the most expressive puppet show you've ever seen in your life. I Now I'm getting a little bit emotional because the faces in this game are incredible. I mean, apps, not just their faces, but the way they use the faces, they look like people. I mean, they look exactly like fucking people. Um, and it is amazing. Does this game... So, yeah. The, yeah, we're not going to do another two-hour episode. Sleezes, and by the way, once again, this is dedicated to NZNB, who yelled at me about playing Proton Games on the Best Things Games podcast, when in fact he loves the Tomb Raider reboot series. He's like, I'll wait for it to come out with a Proton, with a, with a, with a native port. And I'm like, well, that's never going to happen. Because it runs fine via Proton. There's no longer any incentive for Feral to really do a native port. So you can wait, like, you could play it now if you have the money and the hardware. If you're not opposed, averse to playing, to paying 60 bucks or whatever for the game, and if you have the hardware to run it, then um, you can spend the rest of your life waiting, or you could play it right now. Because it's not going to go on sale for a while. I, I mean, this is unlike the other two games. This game has not been released two years after for Linux users. This game is really same street date as for Windows. So they're never going to port it, I don't think. I can't imagine that they will. I don't know why they would. Um, especially considering how well it runs under Proton in beta. Um, and our point, as mentioned last week, our 0.5% of the market in terms of the PC gaming market for Linux, um, that's 99.5% of the rest of the market. I don't see any incentive for us leveraging our 0.5% of the market, 0.52% to be entirely technically accurate, to hold out and force Feral Interactive to do a $100,000 port of this game um, when it runs fine under Proton, and I don't think Feral sees any uh, future in it either. Um, So, bottom line is, uh, I can't give this game, though, and this has nothing to do with Proton, I cannot give this game our full price all day, every day, ultimate award that, that, uh, our podcast can bestow, meaning that it's the first game in in the franchise. It might be the last game in the franchise too, by the way, in terms of the reboots. I don't know what they're planning, but uh, the ending is rather definitive. Um, and the story, by the way, the story is fantastic in this game. It's really good. It has some confusing elements, 
but just the overall arc of the character is amazing. There are moments that, like, I mean, I've cried on the live stream playing this game the first time, uh, and people who were watching were like, what the fuck was that? It was so, you know, profoundly moving. Um, so if you care about the character, if you care about the, the franchise, and you like the other two games, then yeah, and you're willing to spend 60 bucks. I mean, this is this is the big leagues, kids. I mean, this is what you get. This is what you get. If you, yeah, I mean, when, when once you have access to the AAA titles that are coming out, yeah, they're sixty bucks. Sorry, it's the way it is. Um, and you can return it. I mean, you can play it a little bit, see if you like it, and return it if you don't like it. Um, but I can't recommend it. I, I I can recommend it, but I can't say that it it gets our highest award. That the the full price, every price, you know, blah. Partially because of the um. I don't think that I haven't really looked at right now the reviews are mixed, which I disagree with. Cause I think it should the reviews should be positive to very positive for this. Uh even from a critical perspective, even from like, you know, even with all of the problems that I've I've highlighted, like, you know, the the weird imbalance of like suddenly forcing you into a certain type of game mode. All of that really doesn't matter because it's all done really well and it's all really fun. Um, it's a different type of Tomb Raider game. It's different from the previous two. It does have a little bit of replay value, but that's kind of the biggest reason why I can't recommend it. Well, I can't give it... I can recommend it. I do recommend it. But I can't give it our highest honor. Um, because there is not much of a replay factor for this game. At least nothing in comparison to being able to play the story mode over and over again in uh, the 2013 game or the endurance mode in the sequel in Rise of the Tomb Raider so Shadow of the Tomb Raider tries to kind of be a compromise between both of those games while also drastically limiting its replayability in almost a pseudo-intentional way there, there are persistent resource gathering aspects to it and your inventory when you start a new game plus does come replete with everything that you had before and that's when you start to understand that you can sell certain shit to buy other shit but the it's a big grind in a lot of ways at that point although it is fun to re-explore certain areas and you can fast travel and stuff and it is fun to see the story again and try to make more sense out of the middle portions of it which get a l- really convoluted um, but the action is fast. The uh, environments are go- g- glorious. The puzzles generally are logical. The animations are fantastic. The combat is tight. The controls responsive. It's a very good game, but it is not as good as the 2013 game. And I would also have to say that it's not as good as Rise of the Tomb Raider because it doesn't have anything like endurance mode that gives the game a $60 price tag that is going to be worth 258 hours in fact I'm a little over halfway done with my second run through the main story and I don't think I'm ever going to play the game again I might play it on the live stream just to you know lure more viewers and stuff and maybe vociferously defend um, the game's you know, honor or whatever, because it does not re- it does not deserve mixed reviews. 
I mean, this is a, it's going to be 35 hours of a lot of fun for you. You're going to really like it if you like the other two games in the, in the series. But at 60 bucks, it's a hefty price tag. And you have to do all of this, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not like you have to write scripts or anything. It's not like you have to fucking reprogram the game or anything. Um, but you do need to take some steps to make it run perfectly via Proton. There is no network support via Proton. I don't know what network features there are available, but whatever they are, they're unavailable. But the single player campaign runs fine and it's really good. Um, it's just not that replayable. But it is a hell of a ride the first way through. Uh, the first run, your first run through, you you will be in shock and awe. And you will sit there and you will play it for eight hours a sitting. So that's our review of uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I wish we could give it a higher rating, but um, I wish we could give it our ultimate prizes we've given the other two games, but sadly it has fallen short. Um, but you absolutely need to see the facial expressions. The, fa- the the shape masking in this game is just unbelievable. I have no idea how they got these performances out of pixels. It is amazing. And the environments are just incredible. And the water effects are the prettiest water effects that I maybe have seen since Snake Eater on uh, PS2. Um, which were the best water effects I've ever seen. These are better. Uh, and this is a better game than Snake Eater, of course. So, that brings us... There we go. That brings us to our our final segment, the deals. Yes, we have a deals section segment this week. We're going to do it sans music, Ivor. Um, and as always, you can check out uh, all of... In, in, the, in, the, in the blurb for this episode, uh, all of these games, links to all of them and their current prices, etc. But... Now through November 5th, there is a weekend-long deal on Bandai uh, Namco titles, and there are two that I wish to highlight. The first is Tekken 7, which is 50% off at $19.99. Tekken 7, if you like Tekken, you're not going to get a better deal on Tekken 7 than this. it is amazing. They're still dropping deal, uh, downloadable content packs uh, with characters, but you can... Tekken 7 runs fine with networking. Uh, just ask Linux Game Consortium, who we both live-streamed in parallel, um, him kicking my ass after I taught him how to play the game when I was drunk, stoned, and very, very stoned. Very stoned and exhausted. And very drunk. Um, it was a shameful exhibition, but it was awesome and it did prove that two people on Linux can matchmake with each other, so you can kill your friends in Tekken 7 online. And it has a full campaign, and it has you know, all... St- it's it's great. It's like Virtual Fighter 4 meets Tekken uh, 3 with a lot of new characters and a lot of uh, a lot of interesting new play mechanics. Uh, don't let the Bandai uh, Soul Calibur 6 thing fool you. By the way, they're working on that. Uh, it is well known now, and they're rolling back those bands and stuff, just as I said they would. Um, so yeah, now through November 5th, Tekken 7, 50% off at $19.99. That, if you like Tekken, you've got to get Tekken 7. Seriously, this, that's the end of that sentence. Then in a different kind of universe, this one goes out to Jojo Kimon Kendall. Um, good friend of mine, great friend of the show, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Do not confuse this with Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Fighter 2. Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 
which is an online MMORPG version of iteration of the Dragon Ball Z universe in full 3D that looks like cell shaded um it, it looks like you're playing the cartoon it's pretty amazing uh you know quest based you know join up with other people in a player hub kind of uh game world um Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 is 75 75% off at $12.49 also through November 5th so if you like, if, you know, your power meter is going through the roof at just me saying this, unlike anything you've ever seen before, and you want to be a Super Saiyan or, you know, whatever the fuck you want to be, you can pick whatever race you want to be. I I ran it today, the networking features run fine if you can make it through all of the intro cinemas and all of the tutorials, um, which are about 30 minutes long, uh, you will find yourself in the Dragon Ball Z universe as your character. And you can have many characters. Uh, it it looks really cool. And I, everyone I know who has played it, I haven't spoken to them, but I've seen their uh, reviews of Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two. Everyone really loves this game. It's a little older. It is. I'm looking at the store page. Hang on one moment. Store page, don't fail me now. November 27th, 2016, so it's about two years old. Uh, almost to the week. Mm. I had really hoped that the other game, Dragon Ball... Oh, God. Dragon Ball Hell. But anyway, I'm keeping Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 around it's amazing. It's like you're playing the cartoon. It's that cool. But I really ha- I really hope that Dragon Ball Fighter Z would would work via Proton. But I couldn't get it to run, so I returned Dragon Ball Fighter Z. But Dragon Ball Xenoverse, that's X E N O V E R S E 2. It runs and it'll connect you to the network and stuff, etc. So no need to fear about that. So that'll do us for this week. Um, I'm going to see... Trying to fucking redo the entire layouts of the webpage this weekend. So we'll see if that happens and we'll also see if the column happens. But please be sure to check us out on our Twitch stream because we stream a lot. uh, Generally in the early mornings, late nights, and uh, afternoons um, at twitch.tv slash skookiesprite S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E and from there you can find uh, the instructions on how to join our Discord experiment join the gang, it's a lot of fun um, I wish we had Discord four years ago when we started the podcast because it's so great to be able to like communicate directly with people who share both, you know, if you have Linux questions or whatever <clears throat> Losing my voice. Uh, Linux questions or whatever. We'll, we, uh, you know, talk about that while I live stream, uh, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Come join us. You'll, you'll meet other people from your planet. So that concludes our episode 210. Cheers. Thanks for listening. I will catch you next week. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. 
baby, I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy, yaddy, four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.